1: Tune in for free on Apple, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts.
0: Whether you're driving to work or doing laundry, Crime on Tap will be sure to fulfill your true crime fix each week.
1: And now, buckle up for this week's episode. Listen and enjoy. Megan, we're back! Oh my gosh! We are back for episode two. We made it, everyone.
0: I, I can't believe it.
1: I know, we we spent uh, a good week editing that first episode, which was, you know, a little bit of a struggle, but we got through it.
0: Now I know why um, people just pay other people to do stuff for them.
1: You know, I was thinking about that too, I was like, is it just worth it to just pay someone to do this for us?
0: <laughs> Maybe once we get rich and famous, then we'll do mm-hmm.
1: that. Maybe we should have bought some game stock. <laughs> I
0: told you, you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> Did
1: I really? I mean, it's all anyone's talking about. It's not like I know anything about stocks, but it's just like,
0: I guess I should have bought some. Yep, that, that's the th- Now I pretend I know about stocks so I could talk about it with other people. <laughs> I really don't know anything.
1: Welcome back to Crime on Tap. We are here today with one of our new series that we're going to be bringing for you guys. It's our Snapped series. These are classics. This TV series has been on for a long time. I remember watching these shows when I was a kid.
0: Yeah, I would say Snapped is what got me into true crime. I'm watching it on Oxygen. And the cool thing about Snapped is that it's all female murderers, which, yeah. you know, you always think, oh, you know, there's more men murders or whatever, all of that stereotype and stuff. But there's a lot of seasons and a lot of episodes of Snapped that would prove everyone wrong on that. <laughs>
1: exactly yeah and it's like why are we leaving the women out of it some of the spotlight too. equality yes
0: (laughs) (laughs) women murder too equal rights
1: (laughs) (laughs) megan so what what are you drinking today because you know a part of our show we like to have a little a little Mm -hmm. alky why we talk about true crime and death and murder so what are you drinking tonight what are you binging on
0: yeah oh oh, binging like i'm in college again um (laughs) Well, today um, I'm not doing rum and coke. I'm doing Moscato because oh. I'm a little I'm a little wimp, and mm-hmm. I have to have the sweet wine one step above barefoot. So it's yellowtail, <laughs> and I actually like barefoot more because of, I have cheap taste, I guess. But I am I'm enjoying my my sweet wine. Your and juicy juice. My juicy juice. And <laughs> what are you drinking, Sean?
1: Well, I was going to say, not only do we both like cheap wine, but we also have cheap pockets. We're very frugal as well. Yes. So, <laughs> you know, anything that is uh, $5 or less, you know, that has my name all over it. I don't care about the hangover that it's going to give me. A $5 wine is great. I agree. So while you're saving your rum, uh, not drinking rum this week, uh, I'm drinking the rum and coke. I got a little fancy because I miss going out. I miss going to the bar I miss going out and just vibing to music, yeah. and I got a little lime, so I've added a little lime to my rum and coke today, just to try to be a little fancy to make it seem like I'm like back in like a normal world.
0: I I miss going to the bars too and dancing, and lime definitely makes rum and coke just elevates it. So then, I
1: like the flavor is just totally elevated. It's crazy.
0: It, it fits together. It all fits together. <laughs>
1: You know what, I don't have time to be cutting up limes over here. I get the fake fake stuff in the in the squeeze bottle.
0: Oh my gosh, it's hilarious.
1: Just because it lasts longer. I don't have to use a knife. I don't have to clean the knife, you know?
0: Just like saving money, I also like saving dish soap. So if I can reuse a knife or a bowl... Like a serving bowl, I'll eat out of a serving bowl so I don't have to get a regular bowl. Like that's how far I'll go.
1: Alrighty, guys, so let's get right into it. But before we do, let's now remind you guys to please leave a review, share with your friends, leave a like. But alright, Megan, so what are we talking about today? What episode of Snapped are we going to be reviewing?
0: Today we are doing the Eve Nance episode, which is of season twenty-one, episode one. And the episode starts off with every snapped episode starts off with a quick overview and kind of the hook to, to make you say, Oh my, Oh my gosh, what's going on? Yeah, What, what is this all, you know, leading up to? So the quick overview is Eve and Tim Nance. Uh, they met at 16. They were in high school. Not long after they met, they, Moved in together out of their family homes, mm-hmm. so they were already really serious at a young age, and so of course Eve accidentally got pregnant, <laughs> and so of course
1: at sixteen
0: living together. What do you? I mean, what do you expect?
1: Yeah, you know, there's no way this was planned. At sixteen, you're still in high school. You gotta. This got to. This has got to be an accident.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, and and snapped said as much as well. <laughs> And that is like what they begin with, that they were married for 15 years. And on September 2013, Tim disappears. And Mm. they set up that they've had marriage issues. There's a lot of domestic abuse calls and a clip of their daughter saying their father was the aggressor most of the time. Um, So they kind of leave us with that. And then they go into the kind of the beginning of the story.
1: Of their yeah. lives so the beginning in the very beginning eve and tim went to the same high school they were high school sweethearts and both of them were classified by snapped as the class clowns um i, I would just like to reference what tasha what tasha is uh tim's friend and tasha says that tim was a jokesta
0: he was the jokester, told the jokes made everybody feel comfortable I'm just going to say Tasha Bobo is my favorite. She's going to come up a lot. We both fell in love with her. Her and her husband, Benjamin Bobo. (laughs) They are amazing.
1: (laughs) They are great. So yeah, we'll be talking about them a lot. Um, So, This all begins in the big city of Chicago. Tim, growing up in the city, they fall in love in high school at the age of 16. And like Megan said, they got pregnant. They were they were living together and they were just living their life up in the big city of Chicago.
0: Yeah, and right out, right out of the gate, their relationship is not normal. You know, they're living together, Eva's pregnant, 9 months into the pregnancy. She's getting out of the car and an unknown assailant comes and attacks her. So Tim sees this and he comes running out with a gun and shoots the guy in the foot. And you know, protect his his woman and his baby. Understandable, in my opinion. Yeah. And so the cops come and they arrest him, and for assault, battery, whatever that is, yeah. and everything's so tri- protecting his wife. I know. I I I felt that made sense to me. But so all of the drama causes her to go into labor. So he's going to jail. And she's in labor. So he He, actually. He's not
1: there for the the pregnancy, for the the delivery. He's not there.
0: Yeah. So she has the baby while he's, he's being hauled off and, (laughs) and he spends a year in there Mm -hmm. for, for what happened. And Eve is so committed. She still visits him. They love each other. She takes the baby who is a girl, the name Tamika. Tamika goes with her to visit him in jail. He's released in 1995. The incident happened in, in 94. And so yep. he's released in 95. And as soon as he gets out, they're like, We've waited long enough. We tried to get married before you went to jail. That didn't happen. So they go off and get married. Um, and not
1: they don't just get married. It's quite literally on the drive home from Tim being released that they get married. They yes. they, they wait in no time.
0: That was a very <laughs> important point. You were right. <laughs> And so he he comes out and they're really dedicated to raising their daughter, right? And so they move to a small town in Wisconsin, which has a better cost of living and a better place to raise a family than in the city.
1: Yep. This little town in Wisconsin, it's called Fond du Lac, which is a great name. I'm like, it sounds like it's out of a fairy tale, like out of a book. I'm like Fond du Lac. I would love to live there. Um, oh, go ahead.
0: I'm glad you said that because I was not about to try to pronounce that. So <laughs> thank you for taking that role.
1: for me. <laughs> um, so, yes, in this small town of Fond du Lac, there is only 40,000 people. They describe this town as being a very boring, a very slow little town. But it's a great place to raise a family.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it is until Eve and Tim show up. Yes, right.
1: So yes, they moved to Wisconsin, Fond du Lac, for a better life. They moved there uh, with the intentions of raising their daughter, Tamika. It was a better cost of living. Just overall, just to live a better and easier life. I mean, in Chicago, Eve is getting like held up at gunpoint, getting robbed in the streets of Chicago, nine months pregnant. Uh, So why wouldn't they want to get out of the city and move somewhere safer uh, to raise their child?
0: Makes sense to me, and they loved it so much that Eve's sister, who she was really close with, she convinced her to move there too. So Eve's sister's daughter, who's named Justice, who we hear from, Justice and Tamika are pretty much raised together. They're very close. and Tim watches the girls all the time.:
1: Now Tim is watching the girls because Tim was just recently in prison. He had a felony. It was hard for him to find work. So Tim was the designated caretaker of the house. Uh, Eve was away at work while Tim stayed home, took care of Tamika and his niece.
0: In in the beginning, Snapped kind of was like, he was a great father. He was very involved. You know, Eve would come home. She'd be tired. And he'd be like, relax, don't worry. I, I have dinner to take care of. I'll do all that for you. A bunch but... of a Bobo
1: says best. He's like... baby. Be at work all day, come home, relax. I got dinner done, everything.
0: I hope he does that. I hope Ben does that for Tasha too. Tasha deserves it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So Tim spent a lot of time with the kids, and I feel like everyone I know who's my—I don't have any kids, but people I know my age that do have kids—they're very desperate for adult contact after spending all day with their kids. So yes. he loved when Eve got home and took care of all of that dinner. He loved to go out. He's very social. They said that many times, you know, being the class clown, he likes to be around people, make them laugh. So he would go out to the bars and drink and play pool and be out all night doing his thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, they were in a new town too, so they don't know anybody. Uh, All they have is each other. Tim's at home all day with the kids. I mean, I couldn't imagine that life. It would just drive me nuts. (laughs) Being home (laughs) with the kids all day. So, you know, I feel like it was all right for him to, you know, have dinner done and be like on a Friday night, just go off and like go out and play pool with his friends, just be social and talk to people. You know, it seems pretty harmless, but as we continue further into this case, we find out it wasn't harmless.
0: Maybe it wasn't as, as harmless as it seemed. Like uh, Eve had said that he really missed the big city life, you know, living in Chicago. So the closest city was Milwaukee. So he sometimes would spend a whole weekend down at, in Milwaukee, partying, yep. hanging out, doing all that stuff.
1: Which they refer to the weekend as Tim's time. Because after devoting all week to taking care of the kids, the weekend was Tim's time. The weekend was designated to Tim and his time, uh, having fun, enjoying the time with friends.
0: One weekend during Tim's time, he's out partying and it's a weekend in November. And usually he keeps in touch, even when he's away, he keeps in touch with Eve or Tamika, with his friends back home.
1: They always say he's by his phone. He always has his phone on him. He's always responding.
0: Right. Yes. They say that a couple of times. Here comes November 5th, 2013, and no one has heard from him. So finally Eve calls the police and is like, hey, my husband's missing. Usually he'll come home, but I think he's on a drug binge is is what she says. And according to her to help supplement since he had trouble finding a job, he was selling drugs in Milwaukee, but he got himself addicted. So yeah. that was kind of her side of things, which Tasha and Ben are very not, skeptical
1: about. <laughs> Tasha does not believe Eve for one second. Cause she says, At one point dealt a
0: little weed. He wasn't a hardcore heroin dealer. He went to Milwaukee on a drug bin, which is what she said. but can not do drugs like that so that wasn't true that was that was the moment i was
1: like oh i love tasha honestly gives me like a very small inkling that she was in love with tim
0: (laughs) really i feel like that could that's a conspiracy theory i did not pick up on that i felt like her and benjamin were happily married
1: (laughs) we don't even get any uh interaction between her and her husband (laughs)
0: <laughs> that is true. Like I was saying before this, it took me about 30 minutes in to realize they were married and Sean had no idea until I told him.
1: <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought uh, Tasha and Eve were sisters this entire time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So also at this time, about like the 12 minute mark, they reveal that Tim had some side hose and Eve knew about it she had said i would rather have some of tim's time than none at all she was very committed to him and yeah. her family every it got to the point where everyone knew about it and her family would beg her to leave him i mean yeah i can see
1: her family saying that from an outside perspective love is like a weird thing people can do such terrible things to you and you can still love that person they were high school sweethearts. She only knew Tim as her first love. She didn't love anybody else like she loved Tim. So even though Tim was doing these nasty things to her, she still loved him. She ignored all those problems and those flaws. And she just wanted to be with him no matter what. She wanted to be with anybody else but Tim.
0: Yeah, I would... This Eve and Tim is a, is a good example of the power of first love. Like, neither of them... No matter how unhappy they each were for different reasons in their relationships, they refused to get divorced. They stayed married. Yeah.
1: I think Tim was just very content in the relationship. You know, he wasn't working. He wasn't doing much. He was selling drugs on the side to get some money to support family while Eve was hard at work, slaving every day. You know, she's probably coming home and she just doesn't want to, like, do anything. You know, anybody that works at nine to five knows what it feels like to come home after a long day while your husband has been here all day and he probably wants to do things and she's
0: just like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go I wanna go to bed. I don't wanna yeah. do anything. I know as as soon as you get home and you take a broth and sit on the couch. I'm sure that's how Eve <laughs> Eve <Right>? was too. <laughs> you
1: know, probably there was some remorse from both of them. Tim probably was just like she doesn't want to do anything with me, so she doesn't love me. And Eve was just like, I'm just too tired to do anything, and you're not working. Yeah. I'm sure there was problems in their relationship because of their situation, which, you know, it's understandable, but there are other ways to get through those problems than what happens in this case.
0: Tim did have a a record it's some involving drugs. So a lot of people, especially Eve's family believed that the drug binge in Milwaukee was plausible. And so the cops did in the beginning too, but Ben and Tosh were like, hell no, (laughs) that ain't the (laughs) truth. And this is where we kind of get Tim's perspective of from his friends that he was not happy at all with Eve and that she was very controlling and Mm -hmm. that he had some sad hoes. (laughs) So about a little bit after, they're, the cops are getting suspicious because, as we've said before, Tim's always by his phone, always answers people, and there was no cell phone activity at all since yep. that Friday.
1: Which, I mean, on every episode of SNAP, they always bring in the cell phone pings off the towers. <laughs> so yes! Like, there was no activity on the cell phone towers, so
0: he's missing. He's dead. <laughs> Yes, it's always the cell phone towers. They call from this area. We've solved the case. I don't know. (laughs) Those dang cell phone towers. And so also Tim's family and friends were doing their own search on top of the police too. They were having candlelight vigils, flyers. And, everything, and Eve was very involved in everything too. She was out yes. there with the flyers. She was hosting the candle vigils. Mm-hmm. She was out there too.
1: Yeah, I mean, they were saying Eve was almost the one that was most involved in the search. You know, she was out there with the sign. She was out there on the streets. She was knocking on doors trying to help find missing husband
0: Mm -hmm. even even if you know they were having troubles still your husband at the end of the day but after all this on November 13th is kind of when the case begins to take a turn they appeal to the public asking for hunters to look in the woods so this is like hunting season I know because my birthday is November 10th so I always (laughs) know that's hunting season around my birthday because (laughs) my hunting family members can't take the time off to see me on my birthday (laughs) anyway that's a side note uh one of the reporters that they're interviewing says this kind of was like an unspoken shift because it's saying now they're looking for a body rather than a living person yeah so he's been missing for two weeks and so they kind of switched the gears on that search
1: so eve also prior to the search actually taking a big turn admitted that her and tim would fight often. They would get into fights and Tim would just leave and he would go out and be gone for the weekend and joy enjoy time with his friends. So she admitted that they had problems in the relationship to police. So they kind of already had an inkling that, okay, so he's been missing for weeks. Uh, there's no cell phone activity. And Eve has admitted that they would fight
0: a lot. And the cops had been called by neighbors too for domestic disputes so it was on record too that not was all well in paradise
1: and i mean tamika as the child in this family she even said that tim was the aggressor you know she said that tim was the aggressor in the relationship he would bring up the fights all the time i'm not saying that like oh tim was the problem for all of this but you know we'll see we'll see
0: Eve was also very much a problem as well. <laughs> We're not giving her a pass. <laughs> and Tamika and Justice both said that they had seen the fights turn physical, which is really sad for kids to see that. That that broke my heart. Yeah. So there was there was proof of you know domestic abuse. About the twenty minute mark, we kind of get that Eve wasn't completely you know hands clean. Um, <laughs> so we enter the the character of Deborah. Who is labeled as Tim's ex girlfriend? They met in 2007 and they hit it off and fell in love. And Tim pretty much lived there. Deborah
1: basically said that like they lived together. Uh, Deborah was under the impression that Tim and Eve were not together. It was more of a convenience for him to be with her because she was working all the time. He wasn't really doing anything. She was supporting the family and. That was just the impression that Deborah got from Tim. They lived together. Uh they don't say they had sex, but it's pretty much assumed that they were having sex.
0: Yeah, I mean she was labeled as the ex-girlfriend, so they definitely were <laughs> romantically involved. And I actually like Deborah. She honestly didn't know what she was getting into. <laughs> and Eve knew about this and she was so desperate to get him back. They say that a couple times. Tasha and Benjamin, of course, say she was so desperate to save their marriage. She yep. did everything she bought in this car, bought him gifts, but he was just, he was checked out. He was done. So yep. she went from desperate to dangerous, <laughs> is what
1: they say. So on a winter night in 2009, we are seeing Eve giving Benjamin Bubbo a call. Uh, she is frantic. She is... At her last straw, she is parked outside of Deborah's house or Deborah's apartment where Tim is also staying. And she tells Benjamin Bobo, you better come get your friend because I'm going to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> she says something like that. I'll add in the audio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so before Benjamin Bobo can even get there, Eve is out of the car. She is walking through the front door and deborah recalls and says
0: we hear eve screaming tim tim and she's walking in through my front door
1: during eve's tyrant through the house uh she pulls a gun on tim and she basically is telling him you better come with me or i'm gonna kill you
0: and thank god our benjamin bobo like the superhero he is comes just in time to calm Eve down, and be like, "Hey, you and Tim just need to, you know, put the gun away, go outside, talk about it," and he's sitting there with Deborah, kind of like, "This is Eve. Welcome to, the, <laughs> welcome to the circus. This relationship is," and, and this is why I love Deborah because. She's smart. She saw what was going yeah. on. Was like, I don't want a part of this. I, you know, I have feelings for you, Tim. I care for you, but I'm done. And she dumps Tim. <laughs> I think I'm done here. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I'm always hearing stories where, you know, that doesn't happen, but Deborah was real. and was like, you know, I don't want to be a part of this life. I'm done.
1: <laughs> yeah. She says it so
0: perfectly. When Tim and Eve are out talking outside of Deborah's house, They kind of talk it out and she calms down, but at the end, nothing really changes.
1: So basically, at the end of the day, Tim came home with Eve, but nothing really changed in the relationship because we hear that Tim got brave instead of hiding his affairs he would just bring the girlfriends to the home
0: which i i feel like he's at this point with what happened with deborah he's putting these women in danger i feel like at this point
1: right yeah he's bringing them home with eve who literally just pulled a gun on him and he's bringing these girls home with a child in the house Mm -hmm. he's in a committed relationship
0: that's the thing the the real i mean of course tim and Eve are victims as well, but that poor child didn't deserve to go through all this Tamika yes. And justice it's... was there for a lot of it too. the niece. Yeah.
1: Which I'm sure they don't talk about a lot about what they saw, but I'm sure they saw a lot of crazy shit
0: go on mm-hmm. between their parents. Mm, bless their hearts. So the next date of note happens in August of 2013. So a couple months before his disappearance, there's a report. We don't get the name of Tim's friend that alleges this, but that, Eve walked in on Tim with another woman, like with, with another woman. And she grabs that handgun and, and threatens again. And they're struggling over the gun. He's trying to take it from her. And the friend said, Tim, you need to leave. And Tim said, I can't really, I'm dependent on her for money. That was his excuse. And Tasha, Queen Tasha comes back and she says, I said, what are you doing, Tim? He said, oh, I'm just having my cake and eat it too. And I said, well, I'm not for that, but don't let her kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Tasha's
1: the star. Okay, but I also made a comment here in our little notes. It was like, where is Tamika? Like, what? where is she when all this is happening? Tim's just bringing girls home. Uh, he's having sex with them. And then Eve is, like, finding him having sex with these random girls. There's handguns involved where's the child, you know, where is this family that was so concerned about raising their child in a safer town. And now it's like, there's no safety here at all.
0: <laughs> no, and that's a good point. Not once do Eve or Tim in, in this from the reports from other people say, Oh, I need to do this to protect Tamika. I need to do that to protect Tamika. None They're
1: of literally that. putting her in danger. <laughs> yes,
0: they, they need to sort their shit out. Which I guess they do in one way or another.
1: <laughs> Tasha also makes a comment uh, where she says, as soon as she found out that uh, Tim was missing, she says, I knew right away that Eve, like she bed woke. She knew right from the, right from the jump that Eve was behind this.
0: She is the Ray Cronk of, <laughs> of this. In Casey Anthony case, Ray Cronk knew where the body was the whole time. Tasha yep. knew who did it the whole time. <laughs>
1: Tasha, she was a strong defender of Tim. And that is why I stand firmly behind that she really had feelings for Tim.
0: There you go again with your conspiracies. (laughs) I I but I think her and Ben are so perfect for each other. They both defended Tim the whole time. (laughs) So after they kind of switched the investigation to the searching for the body, talking to Tim's friends, and you know, kind of hearing his side of the story the police are like you know what i think maybe she did kill him whoops <laughs> okay. and so they show up with a warrant they search the bathroom they search the whole house but they find in the bathroom bullet holes in the wall like in the shower stall so they are thinking, okay, there's definitely more to this than we originally thought. And there's more that Eve is not saying that she knows.
1: Yeah, because I mean, we're in a small town in Wisconsin. I don't feel like it's normal to just have bullet holes in your bathroom. This is not a common thing.
0: <laughs> this isn't Chicago anymore, all right? <laughs> so they take her in for questioning and are like, so bullet holes? And she's like, who? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, what else do we have to say? That's exactly what happened.
0: <laughs> and she alleged, they because they talked to Tim's friends, the family, everyone knew that he was cheating. So they said, well, were you mad about the cheating? And she was like, no, like I knew it. that was just our relationship. And they denied no. what happened at Deb's house and the gunfight.
1: Which, yeah, we hear all of these people, all her friends are saying that it happened. And she's like, oh no, it never happened. That is why... This gives me strong Casey Anthony vibes. She is in the spotlight with investigators, telling them all these lies. And she knows
0: exactly what happened. And she sticks by these lies the whole time. I... I don't know what was wrong with the detective, but I don't know if he was thrown off. Be like, oh my God, I'm actually like working a case. This is crazy. <laughs> my first day on the job, but he's like so mixed up. Like we'll, we'll play what he says. It sounds like he's not even speaking English. He's stuttering. He's trying to like, you know, work the classic, ooh, we're working you to say what yeah. I want you to say, but he's just so poor at it. she's like, okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: like she can, you know, Eve is not uh, new. new to this game you know she knows what to say this investigator that we see on this episode he doesn't seem like the best guy for the job
0: it seems like he he's seen it on tv and then he thinks he can do it without going to school that's (laughs) what i get so eve is like all right am i being charged here and he says what do you think and she goes i'm asking you (laughs) (laughs)
1: like you know like he's trying again get her to say something
0: (laughs) right well and they and so she asked for a lawyer and they arrest her anyway, which you're allowed to arrest under probable cause. If it's you know likely that the suspect committed a felony, but they kept her for a while without any charges. And so her lawyer stepped in and was like, you can't keep her without any charges. This is a violation of the constitution. But before that could be brought before a judge on the 27th of November, she decides to open her trap. <laughs>
1: She's ready. You know, she had a long stint in prison What was it? A few weeks. And she's like, uh, I got some things to say.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I guess it broke her down and she's like, all right, I'm ready to talk.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So according to Eve, she walks into the room with investigators and she basically, she comes clean about everything. She says that she came home. Tim was the aggressor. He came in and all she wanted to do was take a shower. She didn't want to talk about anything. They were having problems in the relationship She just wanted to go take a shower and just relax. Tim didn't want that. Tim came into the bathroom. He was hitting her, pushing her around. And then he comes back and he walks in with a handgun. Eve is like, uh, what the hell is going on here? Why are you walking in here with a handgun? They start struggling around for this gun. It comes to the conclusion that Eve tells us. In the midst of the struggle, the gun goes off and Tim gets shot and he's dead.
0: She says that... It went off twice and shot him in the chest. So our favorite investigator asks, well, why didn't you call the police? And this is my favorite part. She says she didn't know what to do. She was in a panic. She couldn't think of anything. So she did the only thing she could think of was take off all of his clothes, wrap them in plastic, drive out to the middle of nowhere, and dump in the snow. <laughs> but the police calling the police didn't occur to her. Which, you know, she's in prison for all this time. She couldn't think of a better reason to to dispose of the body. I know. I think it's so hysterical that she claimed she couldn't think of calling the police, but she thought of this elaborate way in order to cover up a murder. It's just, it's hysterical to me.
1: Like, Why did she take his clothes off? Where are the clothes? What did she do with the clothes? Where's the blood? Why did they not find any blood in the bathroom? You get shot twice, there's going to be some blood. She did a lot of legwork to accidentally kill her husband, dispose of the body, and clean up the crime scene. Because all the detectives found were was the bullet hole in the wall.
0: In the shower stall. And so she doesn't quite remember where. Because again, she's in a panic. She doesn't know what to do. But she's driving with a dead body in the back. And <laughs> so they have a general idea. And they find him. His frozen naked body. Not even buried. He's just covered in snow. Because it's Wisconsin. <laughs> so come spring, they would have found him.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing to point out is. Eve knew that Tim was missing. You know, She reported it. She called it in. She said, hey, my husband's been missing for at least five days. I mean, all the wits. She knew what was going on. She knew he was dead. She knew exactly where the body was. She cleaned up the bathroom. She cleaned up the crime scene. Why didn't she take care of the bullet hole in the wall before calling the police? Because the only reason why she's in the situation is because... The detectives found the bullet hole in the wall. Why would you leave that evidence?
0: She just couldn't think. She had no idea what to do. She just ripped <laughs> it naked. And so she she claims it's an accident and that she's heartbroken and everything. So we come up on three years later, January 20th, 2016, and Eve Nance is finally <laughs> on trial for the murder. And Ben Handelman, which was one of the reporters that they talked to at the time, he said the investigators wouldn't have a case without Eve. Which is crazy. It's like, Eve, they wouldn't have figured out half this stuff if you didn't say anything. You would have exactly. gotten away with it for a little bit longer, maybe.
1: <laughs> and you know what? I believe Ben Handelman, because uh, just watching these investigators and, and these detectives, you know, and the first time she was brought in for questioning, that detective was like, you he know.
0: barely had a grasp on the English language. <laughs>
1: stuttering he was nervous you know he was all shaken up Uh, i mean i assume you don't see too much of these kind of things happening in that small town but boy training
0: yeah so the prosecution comes out swinging as as they as they did not in the casey anthony case (laughs) but eve as we said before eve claimed that he was shot twice in the chest but tim's autopsy which is pretty clear cut fact is that he was shot behind the left side of the ear and on the left side of the top of his head. So she clearly was lying. That's not like, I, did she not think that they would look at the body that she <laughs> led them to? She led them to the body. She did. I think we also, we forgot to mention
1: how did she describes where she just disposed of the body. Oh yes, She yeah.
0: was like, I was down this like half a street and there was one of those cement things
1: And that's all we get to know of where Eve brought the body.
0: Because she just couldn't remember. She was just just so, so stunned.
1: And you know what? It's the dead of winter. So the body is pretty well contained. You know, it's a frozen body. You know, it's not rotting. It's not decomposing or anything. She should have known that. The detectives would have done uh, an autopsy and had a medical examiner look at the body.
0: That's such a good point. Like the, the cold worked not in her favor because it preserved the body for them.
1: <laughs> yeah, it really did. So basically, Eve is like, yeah, they got she he she, he got shot in the chest, and the prosecution's like, he got shot in the head. It's not even like a question of where the wound is.
0: And the medical examiner says that even there couldn't even been a struggle involved. Like the the wounds that were inflicted could not have happened during a struggle or during close range. The prosecution says that it looks like it was execution style. Like he was in the shower about to go out and she shot him in the back of the head. And and- I don't even believe the
1: prosecution, but I do believe Tasha because Tasha <laughs> also believed it was execution style.
0: We trust Tasha more than the prosecution. <laughs>
1: yeah. Jury who? We trust Tasha. <laughs> yes.
0: And the prosecution also is like, she has a clear motive anger and revenge that she planned this or not that she planned it, but it was anger that was building for years and she just snapped.
1: (laughs) She just finally had enough.
0: And the one hard thing for the prosecution is that it was hard to paint Tim as a sympathetic character because he was a cheater. He did hit her. So that was one struggle that they felt they had to overcome.
1: And one of the other things that they brought up was that Eve just could not see Tim with any other woman besides herself you know they were high school sweethearts she would rather see tim dead than see tim with another woman which Mm -hmm. you know is sad but there's some passion behind that
0: yeah i would say that that is a crime of passion (laughs) (laughs) very passionately loved him and everyone said it she was desperate to keep him
1: okay so moving on we get the defense's turn Basically, they claimed exactly what E was saying. So Eve was her own defense.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: They were saying that Tim was the aggressor. She was a target of his wrath, that he wanted things to go his way and that she didn't want to go with things that he was doing. And she would, she would just be upset with him because he would get mad about random stuff all the time. And also they would be... Really hard hitting on Tim's past criminal record because, as we mentioned previously, back in Chicago, Tim had a felony record. He shot that guy in the foot while protecting Eve. He was in prison. So they were targeting Tim once again because of his past. And they claimed that Eve had a clean record. She was never seen with a gun. She had no criminal history. So basically, she was the victim. Tim wasn't.
0: And Tamika had also said he liked things his way, was how she put it. And so they kind of painted her as a battered woman that saw no other escape to abuse. And that was kind of the angle that they that they took with their side of things.
1: Yeah. It seemed like in this case that a lot of people who were friends with Eve were behind Eve. Whoever was friends with Tim, they were standing by Tim. But it's interesting to see that Tamika, she chose her mom and she stands behind her mom.
0: Well, and I think it also says a lot too. Like Tim was the one that took care of her mostly, especially being younger But she still saw her mother as the victim. And one thing that Tasha says that we love. If he didn't die from them two bullet wounds, Tim would have forgiven her. Tasha just speaks truth. I believe everything that she says. Yes, Tasha (laughs) Tasha's the star. And so finally hear the verdict from the jury on January 29th, 2016. Just two hours, which is no time at all, I feel like, with these things. They come back guilty. And Eve is just beside herself. She did not see that coming. She begged for mercy and here's kind of where it's interesting even Tim's friends agreed that she didn't deserve life in prison Even I don't want to see her there because I don't believe that Tim would want that so the final ruling was 25 years to life in prison with the possibility of parole. The judge felt the leniency was justified because of her circumstance she was abused yep. and all of that but a lot of people involved in the case, Tim's friends, Eve's friends and family didn't believe that she deserved.
1: Which was shocking because the entire episode was everybody who was on tim's side was like eve did it she killed him but interesting to see at the end how they all were like you know eve doesn't deserve this she does deserve to go to prison because you know she's found guilty of executing her husband she killed him even though eve doesn't believe uh the way that it was determined they still don't think that she should go to prison for life so basically eve you know she was begging for the chance of getting parole which was not in Any of her sentencing, parole was not an option, but then the judge came back and he said it was a crime of passion. There was some leniency involved and he gave her the possibility of
0: parole. Right. And so, and also just because, you know, there was evidence of domestic abuse, witnesses, the police were called. So he kind of considered all of those things and gave some leniency.
1: Later on, Eve basically tried appealing the conviction and she failed. Yep. (laughs) And she will be eligible for parole in 2038 at the age of 62.
0: And I think the, and I said this before, the biggest victim of all is Tamika. You know, she she's essentially lost both her parents.
1: And you really, that doesn't really hit you until the end of the episode. Her mom's in jail. Her dad is dead. She's got nobody. I'm curious to know if she still visits her mom in prison.
0: I, I would guess yes, because she kind of stood behind her throughout the episode and it sounds like throughout everything that was going on she really believed in her mom and everything but really seeing that age of 62 definitely is like wow she's not gonna you know she's probably not gonna meet her grandkids when they're born And
1: so what is your opinion on the case do you believe the prosecution or do you believe the defense
0: well I always think truth is somewhere in the middle I feel like she was clearly a victim of abuse and he used her like a cash cow he didn't respect her he cheated on her yelled at her hit her but I also think she was a little unhinged and she was possessive of him and yeah I believe the gun story what happened at Deb Deborah's house was true and I think it was a combination of both she was just fed up and she saw her chance she snapped (laughs) as the title says and shoot him in the shower execution style but it was pent up years of abuse and in a little dash of already being a little unhinged (laughs) so that's my opinion what do you think overall of eve and tim nance's case so
1: i would i mean honestly agree not just with you but with tasha as well (laughs) (laughs) but you know she was she was battered as we know she was beat up by tim she was abused by him he was the aggressor she worked all the time tim didn't work they were high school sweethearts she was his first love he was her first love and the way that tim treated her he was out cheating on his wife Mm -hmm. so yes eve is in the wrong for basically executing her husband (laughs) but you know
0: and i think we said it before but there are other ways to solve the issue at hand. Yeah,
1: I think we did mention that.
0: <laughs> yeah, besides straight up murdering your husband, but it is yeah. snapped, so we had to expect a husband would be dead soon.
1: I think Eve's actions were kind of justified, in my opinion. Just the way she was treated, and I'm sure there's tons of women who go through the same thing, but they just don't do what Eve did.
0: Mm-hmm. And like you said we before, know that... Eve was independent. Yeah. She was fierce. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us for episode two. Thank you for sticking around.
1: We finished our first episode of Snapped. Mm -hmm. which is exciting. It only took two or three uh, cable providers to get this episode going. We really appreciate you guys listening to this one. So if you guys are begging for more content from us, be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms at Crime on Tap
0: Pod. And of course, for more of our podcasts, we are releasing every week and we will have episode three coming down the line. We'll see you next time where Where crime crime is is always always on tap. tap.
1: (laughs) God, we're so Courtney. <laughs> <laughs>